still praising God. The Bible says, blessed is the man, Jeremiah 1, or Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Who trusts in the Lord. Whose trust is in the Lord. Blessed is the man. Go ahead, it's in the Amplified if you want to see it since we done read the others. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Most blessed. Everybody say most blessed. Is the man who believes in, trusts in. Everybody say relies on the Lord. And whose hope and confidence the Lord is. I don't just have hope in him. I don't just have confidence in him. But he is my confidence. He is my hope. He is my trust. Can you say amen? Verse number 8. For he shall be like who? The one that trusts in the Lord. Who has confidence in the Lord. He shall be like a what? Everybody say this with me, tree. I'm going to teach, preach this to you just a little bit. He's going to be like a tree planted by the waters that spread out its roots by the river. And it shall not see and fear when heat comes. But its leaf shall be green. It shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought. Nor shall it cease yielding fruit. Even in the drought, the tree's going to bear because it's planted by the river. Can you say amen? And it shall not be anxious and full of care. Who? The one who trusts in the Lord. Let's read the next verse. The heart is deceitful above all things and exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortal is sick. Who can know our own heart, perceive it, understand it, be acquainted with it, with his own heart and mind? I can't trust me. I can't trust what I think, what I know. I have to rely on the Lord. My faith, everybody, everybody stretch your hand and sort of heaven and say, Lord, I want, I want to live like that. That when I'm 90, when, I, when I'm in my 90s, I'm, I'm still praising God. I'm still dancing. I'm relied on the Lord. I, I, I want to be like that when I'm 90, be able to watch my, my children, amen, pastoring a church that goes larger than I ever dreamed of, that I ever did in my life. And when that little woman, Sister Bates, was traveling and singing with her guitar, she had no clue what she was doing. That in the future, that her 14-year-old son was going to get a hold of things with God. And God was going, going to move in his life. He tells a story about when he was in 15, 16 years old. And, and one of his friends invited him to their house. He was a pretty good boy. He went to church with them, with their church. And he was, but he said, Mama was a praying mama. And he said, I'm telling you right now, I was 15, 16 years old. And they invited me to their house. And he said, he told me we were doing this and this is what we're going to do. He said, but when I got there, two girls from the high school were there. He said, it was not intentional way or what, it was not what he had told me or my mom and dad would have never let me go 
He had lied to me because he knew I wouldn't lie and tell my mom and daddy something different. And he said, I went there. He said, they had, they had liquor. He said, and those two girls were there for wrong reasons. He said, I am telling you right now. He said, I was in the middle of that. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said to me, get out! And he said, I am telling you right now, without a way of going, I ran out of that house. And he said, I went down and I caught the bus and I went home. And he was preaching that in a youth conference. You say, Pastor Greg, what, are you, what, what has that got anything to, to, to do with, with, with what I'm saying? Because of that praying mama, because of that 18-year-old letting the bitterness go. She becomes the planning of the Lord, planted in the house of God. Because of that, Pastor Tommy preached, he said, I can almost guarantee you my life could have changed that day had I gave in to temptation, had, had I give in to what was going on. He said, I, would have, I, I, I might have made a decision that day that, that it would, would have cost me the rest of my life. I can't trust myself. I have to rely. And he that trusts the Lord is, is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Are you all ready to have church with me this morning? Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 1. Psalms chapter number 1 and verse number 1. Psalms 1 and 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the, un of the wicked, nor stands. Let's read this. You ready? Out loud. If you have it in your amplified, your, or in your comparison Bible, where we read it here. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable envied people look at your life and envy your life is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly doesn't follow their advice their plans and you need to know who you're following you need to know who's influencing you just like we told you the other day when Korah got offended and hurt he attached himself to Reuben's sons, sons of no principle, people that were not principled, people that had no boundaries. Reuben was as, as unstable as water. Jacob prophesied to him, said, you was a great boy. You had this and this potential and that potential, but you were unstable as water. And so Korah, instead of connecting with godly principled people, he connected to people that would agree with him and would not tell him the truth. You do not, you connect with people of principle because when you connect with people of principle, they're going to look at you and say, I know you're wounded. I know you're hurt. I know the, I understand your pain and it may be legitimate pain, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're going to overcome this. You have to let this go. You got, and you can't get mad at the people that give you advice. Don't start shutting me off because you don't want to hear what I have to say today. Because I am telling you one of the most important messages I'm going to preach to you is right now. It may not make you shout or dance in this service right here, but I am telling you. I am telling you in your life, your, your sick, if the Lord tarries, your 70-year-old self needs to hear me right now. You don't want to look back. You, and some of you, the enemy goes to be beating you down and say, well, your children don't want y'all done, y'all, I done lost some of y'all from the first video because you're under so much condemnation but, but about this or about that, but concerning that. But that you need to shake that and, and listen to what else the Lord's going to say to us today. 
you can fix this. You can fix this and God will heal your land. But I am telling you right now, amen, when you begin to see, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, following their plans. And pray. You need somebody that when you miss church will tell you you're wrong. Come on, somebody. When you make an excuse, you need a best friend in your life that will tell you the facts. That won't just let you buy. They will love you, but they will not let you settle for less. I was saying something to James this week, and I said something. I forgot what it was. He said, that's a best friend right there. I think it was somebody I was telling, talking about with Caden stuff. I mean, that's a best friend there. He said, that's what best friends are for. They're there to love you and stand by you, but they're also there to tell you when you're wrong. Follow their advice. And nor stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk. We, I've never noticed the inactive part, but I, I, don't, I don't walk in the ways of the sinner and the ungodly. They're canceled, that culture that's out there in this world. I don't follow that culture. But I walk. I'm not submissive and neither am I inactive. Do you, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. That's for a later date, but that's power. That's for Wednesday night, inactive. That means I'm doing nothing. In the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest with the scornful and the mockers gather. Verse number two. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. Can you say amen? This, this is going to be good if you stay with me. Blessed but is the man who walks not, but his delight is in the desire or in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts, his instructions, and the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. Day and night he ponders on the word of God. His life is based in the word of God, not what he feels. He relies on the Lord. He trusts in the Lord with everything that he has. I don't make a decision according to my own mind, but what are you saying? Because I don't trust me. I've been in this thing 34 years, and because of that verse I read to you in Jeremiah, I don't trust me. I can't trust me because my heart, even though it's been saved for 34 years, is still deceitful without the Spirit of God. What are you, what's the, Lord, what are you speaking to me? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle? I'm leaning and depending on the Lord. The Bible said when you do that and you meditate on his word and you trust him, he shall be like a tree firmly planted. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I hope this gets a hold of you and it becomes that deep-rooted cry and prayer in your heart. Lord, I want to be firmly planted. I don't want to just be planted, but I want to be deeply rooted. Can you say amen? Firmly planted and tended by the streams of water. What glory? What's tending to you? The water, the streams 
of the water. Brother Dalton's got a picture. You may can send this sissy and she can put it up. And then I've got pictures of some trees that she'll put up too. But Dalton come to me last Sunday. He said, Pastor, why don't you look at this? And it is a satellite view of Israel and it's desert land everywhere. But wherever that river is, over about uh, maybe 100 yards or so, is, is beautiful greenery because everything planted by that river is flourishing. What's tending to you? The river's tending to me. What's feeding you? The river is feeding. I'm going to get stuck right here. I got my because I, I, didn't, I didn't get this was what, what I was getting to. But I'm telling you, amen, these little words, these original words, that's why I love the definitions. Amen. And you shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by what? The streams of water. I'm not just planted by the water. My root system is connected to the source of that river. And so when everything else around me is dead and dying, amen, I'll never forget, amen, uh, over in um, uh, Adel, Georgia area, amen, close to Tifton over there, I believe it's Adel, amen, uh, one of my farmer friends, we're very close, and he, he's very, God has blessed him tremendously, and he's got thousands of acres, he farms, he farms hogs, and amen, God has blessed him, and they have a little house out back that they let preachers stay in and it's called their little farmhouse and that's where they eat and have get togethers and you go out there it's got a beautiful kitchen beautiful living room and everybody that's where all the kids they come to eat breakfast because the boys work for him and and the grandchildren work for him so they have breakfast there they have lunch there mama's cooking that's where I learned how to eat fried okra amen uh, not fried okra fried zucchini because they grow zucchini and I'm telling you what they had the best fried zucchini you'd ever eat in your life and so every day and so when I I, I needed a break and I started taking off after Thanksgiving and I wouldn't preach nowhere after Thanksgiving to Christmas and I would take a break and that's where I would go hide and I'd hide in that little house and I would farm and I would drive a tractor with air conditioner and I would mow down the stalks that they done did. It was one of the best times of my life. We got very close but this man was so blessed uh, financially blessed with everything he did and I'm going to tell you I was there one time I had several years I was there one night and it was during the holidays and Thanksgiving and stuff. Amen. And uh, all of a sudden he's sitting in his recliner he's a kind of big guy like me and all of a sudden he was talking about taking his turkeys to his widows and stuff like that because he would take turkeys and give them to every widow in the county every widow he would give them a turkey for Thanksgiving and all of a sudden he's saying I get my turkeys ready and he just went just started squalling and I'm telling you what he's crying so hard he done bent over you know how you lean up in your recliner done did like this he's just I'm like oh my lord what's wrong brother Amen. And, 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 and I'm telling you, amen, he's weeping and crying. And finally he came to himself. I said, what's wrong? He said, I just remember one of my widows passed a few months ago and I'm not going to be able to get her a turkey. He's weeping. Me and him was close enough that he said to me one time, not, not, not bragging. He would have never bragged, but we was just talking about giving and the blessings of giving. He said, Brother Greg, he said, this year alone I gave, I was able to give over $50,000 in offerings outside my ties. $50,000 outside my ties. And he's overwhelmed. And I'm going to tell you, one of the biggest droughts that devastated South Georgia, you have to have farming insurance to take care of a lot of that, but one of the biggest droughts that ever hit South Georgia came through that year. Every farmer in the tri-county area, those three counties, had to, to file through the lawyers 
for bankruptcy type stuff. I don't think it was bankruptcy, but something to help them financially. Brother Jimmy's crops growed over the road. Everybody else's crops was drying up and dying on the vine, but Brother Jimmy's was growing over the road. He got a call. He, he was crying. He said, Brother Greg, he said, I got a call. He said, we had to go mow because our crops was growing over the county roads. How is that possible? Because he wouldn't just plant it out there in that field. He was planting. And if you know anything about cucumbers and you know anything about zucchinis and all that, it's the time of year that they hit. And it's a, it, it's, it's a gambling game So you watch the weather, you know this and this and this. It's got to hit just right. And if you hit just right, you can make great great money in it. But if you don't hit it just right, it ain't. And God would bless him to hit it just right. And the week in the three-week span that comes where you have to have a week or two, I think it's like two-week to three-week span, you have to be able to, to, to harvest at that time and you can sell and make the best money. God blessed him. But, I, but I'm going to tell you this is the way he was. Amen. When he got saved, Brother Jimmy said, amen, he was crying. He loved he tell his story. He said, Brother Greg, he said, the night I got saved over here, my mama prayed for me. He said, and I got born again. He said, he's about you know, 20, 21 years old. He said, I got to cry and I come home. He said, I looked at Amen. His wife, he said, honey, he said, I, I've got to go do something. She said, what's wrong? He said, I stole a watermelon when I was 12 years old from farmer so-and-so down here. He said, i got to go take it back or pay him for that watermelon. Amen. He went down there. You say, Brother Greg, that's crazy. No, that's genuine heart. He wanted to make restora- restoration for everything he did. He went down there. That man, he said, listen. He said, I was 12 years old, and I stole a watermelon out of your farm, amen, out of your crops. He said, I, w- I want to come and pay for that watermelon. He said, are you lost your mind? What's wrong? You know, what is up with that? He said, sir, I got born again. That guy started just to cry, and he said, I know exactly what you're meaning. What are you trying to say, Brother Greg? That heart genuinely set free, born again, amen, wanted, want, wanted to be right, wanted to walk in the ways of the Lord. Now, some of you are going to get off on a rabbit track and say, I stole this and this. I guess I need to go visit everywhere I stole something. That's when you and the Lord. But I'm telling you, the desire to be in the law of the Lord, the desire, I want to put my root system, amen, in the word of God. I want to put my root system where the water is tending to my roots. What's feeding you? The river's feeding me. What's feeding your life? The river is feeding me. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Are you with me today? It's feeding me by the streams of the water, ready to bring forth in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Praise God. Amen. Sister Corey wrote down some stuff because she loves studying like this. And she wrote this down from the other day when I mentioned it. Amen. And one of the things she wrote down was this. Amen. That cedars in Lebanon don't produce, amen, what it should till 20 or 30 years later. And scientists don't go looking for fruit because they know it's definitely going to come, but in time. Can you say amen? But I come to tell you right now, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, planted by the river of God, 
Amen. In the season, your leaf shall not fade or wither, and everything you do shall prosper, and everything shall come to maturity. How many lift your hands right now and say, God, everything in my life is to get me unplanted, unrooted. Come on, somebody. That's the reason why bitterness comes. That's the reason why, amen, we, 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 we want to uproot ourselves from friendship to friendship, relationship to relationship, church to church. Amen. Why? Because we the enemy wants to get us unrooted. He don't want us to have a life, amen, that is blessed by God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Pastor, you mean if I move from friendship to friendship, I'm not going to be saved? Amen. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying, you will never be able to stand and watch your root system sink in the ground and great fruit come from your life that in 50 years or 30 years, your children and grandchildren, oh, if I had a thought about it, it just hit me. If I had a thought about it, anybody's ever been to a grandma's house or grandpa's house and that big tree in the backyard has a swing underneath it? Amen. I wish I had a picture of grandchildren swinging underneath them trees. You'll know why. I want to be alive that my grandchildren can swing underneath the limbs of my shade. Can you say amen? Praise God, my children. People want to picnic under those trees. Amen. We buried our dogs at cemeteries under those trees. The big tree in our our yard. Every other tree in those fields are down, but there's one big tree in one of the middle of the, or the back part of the, the farm that has not been took down. It was too pretty and too big. It's still standing there. There's a swing in it when we moved there. Amen. We plant. Why? It's special. Amen. I want to live a life. Amen. Are you hearing me? There's something moves my heart. I want to die dancing like Sister Mangan. I want to die. I want you. I hope to the grace of God. Amen. That y'all bring me in here by the help and the grace of God. Amen. If you have to walk me around because you're afraid if I was to fall, it would break my hip or break my knees. Amen. Or break a bone because I'm so feeble. But I don't want to be sitting at the house and not coming to the house of God. Amen. Brother Wynn is so feeble and so sick. Amen. A feeble, not sick, but he's no pain. But he can't get up his lungs. He try, Amen. But he still tries to come to the house of God. Why? He wants to be with the people of God. He wants to be in the house of God. Up to just a few years ago, he traveled several hours on Sunday morning to preach to his little church he stayed faithful to. Amen. And Sunday night, and they would bring him back. What are you trying to say? I don't want to die like Saul hanging on a wall with his head cut off. I want to die like David dancing in the house of God. Amen. I want to be like Sister Bates and watch my children and grandchildren and your children and your grandchildren that God has planted in this church. Amen. Taking care of things. Oh, let us grow old together and watch our children and our seed flourish in maturity, resting and taking shade under the limbs of the cedars in Lebanon. Somebody say, I want that in my life. Can you shout amen? I, 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 want, I want the waters to feed me. Praise God. Isaiah 61 and 3. Are y'all with me this morning? Isaiah 61 and 3. Isaiah 61 and 3. Amen. Praise God. It's no later than it normally is. So you're getting nervous because I'm playing the videos. You may think it's getting late. I know what time it is. I'm not going to keep you longer than I have to. Amen. Isaiah 61 and 3. You ready? To grant. Amen. 
to grant. Everybody shout to grant. Consolation and joy. This is Jesus said, I was anointed for this. Preach good tidings to the poor. Heal the sick. That's in verse 1 and 2. And here, for the sake of time, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. Now that same anointing rests on us. This is what we're here for, to help preach the gospel. Amen. To the hurting and the dying. Go back to verse 1 so they know where we're at real quick, sissy. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. This is Jesus' prophecy. Qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the poor and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the physical and the spiritual captives and the opening of the prison of the eyes to those who are bound. Verse 2. Amen. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of His favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Verse number 3. What's this? I love this to grant consolation and joy amen consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion to give them you ready an ornament a garland a diadem of beauty instead of ashes praise be to God I don't want to live in ashes hallelujah I don't want my life in ashes Praise God. I don't want to walk around. Did you hear what she said? She said, I was 18 and bitter and almost quit the church. And she said, I done made up my mind that I was going to tell the pastor I wasn't coming back. And then she come back. You hear what she said? I didn't tell nobody of my hurt but the Lord. Hallelujah. Nobody about my hurt but the Lord. And then she said, because God loves me and God loves those who hurt me. Praise God. Hallelujah. What are you trying to say, Brother Greg? God wants to give you a beauty, a beautiful ornament, garment, amen, of garland, a diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of expressive praise instead of heavy, expressive praise. Come on, somebody say, I'm not like her. I'm not going to dance like that. I'm going to tell you there's going to be some type of expression that's going to come up out of you, whether it's tears, whether it's you just raise your hand. Something's going to happen that causes you to express uh, your gratefulness. Uh, amen. Come on. We live in a generation that is, uh, that, that, that is ungrateful. Amen. There's, we're selfish. We're not grateful for anything. Uh, it's all about us and what we can get. And we don't show attitudes. But I'm telling you, when you trust in the Lord and he sets you free and you're born again, there's going to be an expression of gratefulness that's going to come out of you. Uh, I said I'd keep it to myself but I just can't keep it to myself what the Lord has done for me I'm not telling you that you're going to be a runner but I am telling you you're going to express it there's going to be an expression of praise a garment of expression a garment of praise instead of a heaviness a burden and falling spirit that may that what that they may be called oaks of righteousness oaks of righteousness who that's an oak of I want to be an oak of righteousness I want my life to be an oak of righteousness praise be to God that word oak of righteousness means lofty amen are y'all with me this morning strong amen praise God I took notes of this or took snapshots of the, of, the, of the thing. Somebody say lofty. Not lofty in, in a bad word, 
but lofty means high and tall. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You ready? Strong. Anybody know what strong means? Amen. The oaks of righteousness. Strong means having the power to move heavy weights or perform other demanding tasks. Woo! Hallelujah. I want to be oaks of righteousness rooted and planted in the house of God. Praise God. Amen. Strong. That word strong. Able to move things. Able, able to, to get under the burden of things. How many say I want to be able to, to move things that are demanding of me? Not just in my family, but in my church, in my community. Amen. In the kingdom of God. Strong. Able to move. Amen. It means able to perform a specific action well and powerfully. Another one is exerting great force. Uh, hallelujah. Praise God. I told you, a little old winter woman in my church, amen, she's that kind of woman that when, when, when you drove up in her house, she's a little widow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever drove up in one of them elders' home and when you pulled up in the driveway, you could feel the presence of God just come on you before you ever got out of the house, before you ever got out of your vehicle. I'm there, I, my first church there was a wooden floor, amen, with carpet on it and it's above, it's not a foundation as far as cement's foundation. So when they would shout, you could almost hear it. Amen. But that little granny, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming against any of them younger women, but they were on fire. They were fired up. Praise God. And they would get to praying and shouting. Them young women, them, some of them come up there wanting deliverance and a breakthrough. She would come in and she couldn't talk much because she was feeble and she was widowed and she was so amen, feeble they had to help her in. But she would look at me like this, and she'd sit right there where Sister Corey sit right there in that area on the second pew. And she'd look at me and she'd go, and her bottom lip would start quivering because she'd cry and she'd go. And I, the first time she did, I thought she wanted me. And so I come down. I said, what you want, Mama? Praise God. Amen. She said, I didn't want nothing. I said, well, what's you? She said, you number one in my book. I said, thank you. Amen. The night we had our big board meeting, amen, at the end of the year, amen, I had to deal with some issues and stuff, and it was pretty hard and tough, amen. I looked down there, and she was crying, amen, and I had told her I wasn't going to be there past that, amen. She looked at me, and she went, and that was all. I, I, I had not cried until I looked down there and seen her put her little one finger up. I'm telling you what, you go to her house, but she sat right there, maybe the third seat over, and they were praying, and that little church is packed out. And boy, all them young women was around this girl needing deliverance or this boy that was needing deliverance. And them young women, they were praying and crying. They were sincere and they were stomping and they were feeling the Lord. And that kid was still praying. He's probably about 17 years old. And all of a sudden, I seen her itching, inching over like this. And she kept inching until she got to the edge of it. And I thought, what is she doing? And about the time I, seen, I looked back and I was praying for people, I looked back and she had done inched all the way over. Reach your hand up, Brother Scott. She had her hand up like this. I thought, well, she praising the Lord. Then I realized she was trying to reach that boy. And so his hands was right here. And I'm telling you right now, his eyes shut, and them women and all them other was praying for him. I reached up and took his hand and just pulled it down. When she grabbed him, the power of God fell, broke that in him. That boy got to praying, and God gave him deliverance and victory. What are you trying to say, Brother Greg? There's something different about them oaks. 
their root system. Am I boring y'all today? Their root system in the kingdom of God. They're strong. They can move things that cannot be otherwise moved. I want to be that. I want to be that person. Amen. That when I pray, things happen. Amen. Another word is possessing skills and quality that create success. Another definition is likely to succeed because of sound reasoning and convicting or convincing evidence. I want to be evidence of the reality of God. Evidence of the power of God. Hallelujah. You listen to me. The enemy wants you not to be effective. The enemy wants you not to be an oak of righteousness. His desire is to keep you unplanted, unrooted, ungrounded so you will never flourish in the house of God. His desire is to keep you rooted in your emotions, rooted in in, in your fears, rooted in your life. Why? Because he don't want you to be an oak of righteousness. God gets glory. I'll show you in a scripture in a minute why all of this is that I might be glorified that I am faithful. I am faithful. I am faithful. And I show my faithfulness through your life. I show I'm faithful through your life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Look at this. Amen. Powerfully affecting the mind, the senses, and the emotions. Whether you know it or not. Amen. Your life does that in a crowd, in a congregation. Amen. Forceful and extreme. Especially excessively or unacceptable. Amen. Able to withstand great force and great pressure. That's what strong means. Am I boring y'all this morning? Amen. The other word here, amen, means, amen, able to withstand with great force, not easily disturbed and not easily upset. Praise God or affected. Not easily disturbed and not easily upset or affected. You say, well, I'm not that way, Brother Greg. Well, I am telling you right now. You say, Pastor, I'm telling you, this is the resources that's coming up through your root system into your tree. You need to say, devil, I refuse to be easily upset. I refuse to be easily disturbed. I refuse to be easily affected. I am the righteous. I am the righteousness of God. I am the oak of of righteousness. This is what the blood of Jesus has come to do in my life. This is what going to church has come to do. This is what being rooted and grounded has come to do. It's made me to be strong and magnificent in the house of God. Hallelujah that my children and grandchildren and the church's children and grandchildren can find rest. Praise God. Somebody say I want to be not easily disturbed or upset or affected. Here's another word for strong, showing determination, self-control, and good judgment. We get up and press on. I don't got time. Firmly held and established. Having steadily high horizon. Amen. Praise God. Very intense. Amen. Not soft. I love this. Or muted. Hallelujah. Some of you need to lift your hands right now and say, devil, you will not mute me. You will not mute my praise. You want my worship. You want my praise. You want my voice. God, I... Come on, who's ever playing? Come on, Kenneth. You want my, you want to mute my effectiveness. You want to mute my voice. God, <laughs> oh, 
I snapshot this. I didn't even read them all. Amen. I just snapped it so I could bring it here. And now I'm stuck right here because the enemy wants to mute me. Some of you need to say, devil, if it's not unmute me, you don't have the power to remote. You know how to mute it. You just mute it. All of a sudden, you can still see the picture, but you can't hear the voice. You can still see the video, but you can't hear the voice. The enemy has muted some of you in the kingdom of God, muted you in this church, muted you in the face of hell. You need to say, I want my voice back. I don't want to just be seen walking in here. I want my voice back. I don't want people just to see me. I want my voice back. A voice that means I'm heard. I'm effective. Amen. I'm strong. Amen. I'm an oak of righteousness. Hallelujah. Distinctive. Containing a large proportion of particular substance. <laughs> Woo! Distinctive. Containing a large portion, I'm going to say a proportion of particular substance consecrated. I got some substance. I got some substance. I ain't just talk. I got substance. You know the controversy all over football right now is Colorado and all that stuff. And last week when Oregon played them, Coach Lanning of Oregon said to them, to his team before the speech, it's, it's football. They do this all the time. I'm, I've been in the locker room before the game. It's, 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 it's just hype and motivation. But Lanning said to his players, I know there's a lot of hype because they had all kind of stuff going on and festivities before that game. And Lanning said to his boys, we can't get caught up in that. We are not playing in Hollywood today is what he said. We are playing on grass. In other words, you cannot let all of the celebrity, and it's just, I'm not saying that negative toward Coach Prime at all, but let's just say he's trying to get his boys to know. He said, we got to go out and play with substance. Not hype, not talk substance. That's not meaning that they are all hype because they are good, very good, and they're going to be very dominating over the next year. Or two. But it was substance. I thought that was powerful what he said because that's the truth. We're not just talking. We're not hype. We're not just getting more clicks for videos. We are playing with substance. How many lift your hands all over this house and say, Lord, I want my voice back. I want to be an oak of righteousness. And I don't want to be muted. I don't want to be muted. I want to be muted. I feel the spirit of the Lord in this house. Your word said I'm going to be flourishing in your house. And that I'm going to bring forth fruit in my old age. The next word said magnificent. That's what open righteousness is lofty, it's strong, it's magnificent. That word expressive, I mean magnificent means expressively beautiful. Elaborate or extravagant. Praise God. That's not, in, that's not necessarily in my looks physically or my clothing. That means in my spiritual walk with the Lord. It's elaborate. It's extravagant. It's striking. Hallelujah. That little woman y'all saw dancing. 
that was her son when that older man, the bigger man was singing and that man come up behind him and, and put his arms like this and said something to him. He's the pastor and he was saying, go ahead, obey God. Don't step back. You got time is what he was saying. That's her son. One child. She put him on her hip. No babysitter, nothing. And she evangelized every door in that city. She's done it now four times knocked on every door in that city four times she said when I got married and my husband married me she said all I did was play that accordion she said I was a smiling pretty little Pentecostal holiness girl she said but that wasn't enough for my husband he said, I'm going to fast and pray. He said, I just want you to know, if you want to date me, here's the thing. You will have to be effective. You're going to have to be more than just a pretty image. You'll have to be effective. He said, I'm going to fast and pray for the next many days and see what the Lord tells me concerning you. He said, if you ever not become that, he said, I pray God take you. <laughs> she said, how would you like that for your first date or before your first date? Praise God. She told the same thing to, to her son's wife. She said, if you ever start walking in the she said, she said, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast that God removes the hindrance. She said, I am telling you right now. She said, we was in revival. She said, he fasted most days. She said, he fasted five, five days out of seven days a week. Souls to be saved, praise God. And she said, he looked at me and said, you're going to be more than a pretty physical image of Pentecost. She said, I smiled pretty at all the revivals. She said, but something happened. He pushed me. She said, to one night in the middle of the night, I got to praying and I couldn't sleep. And she said, I got to praying. She said, and something woke up on the inside of me. She said, I couldn't keep myself. She said, I woke him up. And he said, what in the world's wrong with you, honey? She said, G.A., you done woke something up inside of me. And it won't never go back to sleep. Praise God. And from that day, I'm going to tell you, 3,500 people sitting in that congregation, you can ask any of us that's been there. When she starts praying, she don't pray, it ain't that she prays loud, but you can hear her all over the building, her moans and her groans and her intercession. But three, four times, she's knocked on every door in that city. Even one time, not the pastor's wife, but a retired pastor's wife. Every door. She said, if they didn't answer the front door, I went to the back door. You say, she's super spiritual, Pastor. That ain't what God's looking for in my life. It is what God desires for all of us. That doesn't mean if I don't do it exactly like she does, I'm not going to heaven. But it means it's the will of God to be, to be, to be an oak of righteousness. Lofty. Magnificent. Strong. Distinguished. Distinguished for uprightness. Justice and right standing with God. I'm done. There's so much more I could talk about. Psalms 90, amen, where we get into the, the, the other scripture where it tells us we're going to be planted in the house of God, flourishing. I don't know about you, but I want to be planted and flourishing. I want to be firmed in the house of God. Amen. You ready? That, what? Look at this last part. The planning, everybody shout, the planning of the Lord. Why all this? 
read this last part. This is what should make you want what I'm talking about. Not just, well, if I don't do it, I don't go to hell, so I ain't worried about it. Amen. This should be what it is in your life. That he may be glorified. Hallelujah. That he may be glorified. Why don't you lift your hands all over this house and say, I want you to be glorified. That you may be glorified. I want to be that in my life. That you may be glorified. Flourish meaning, amen, grow or develop into a healthy, vigorous way. Flourishing that he may be glorified. I'm done right here. Sister Corey sent me this. I asked her to send it to me. She told me some notes she wrote down. The cedars of Lebanon, another scripture calls us cedars of Lebanon. Another scripture calls us pillars in the house of God. I mean, say pillars mean I support, I hold it up. Amen. Watch this. Known, they are known, the cedars of Lebanon. I'm just going to give you this and run on and not worry about it and give it a call to call. Cedars of Lebanon, they are known as legends of longevity. They last. Why does God say, I'm going to make you cedars in Lebanon? Because you're going to be legends of longevity. You're not up today and down tomorrow. You're not up one week and down the next. You're not up one month and down the next month. You are on fire and we can depend on you. Amen. The church can lean on you. God's kingdom can lean on you. I'm going to tell you there's a mentality out there that has destroyed this. Amen. God don't care just as long as you're faithful to him. Amen. We have separated being faithful to him from being faithful to church, faithful to him for being in the house of God. Amen. I'm going to show you through scripture. Planted firmly in the house of the Lord. Amen. Why? That I may be effective. Amen. You can't be effective going here and there and yonder and everywhere else. Amen. You can't do that because you can't longevity bless people's lives. Amen. Are you with me today? Amen. Praise God. I'm going to tell you the enemy is after our root system and our bitterness. I mean to get us bitter because he don't want us to, to grow our roots. But I want to be legends of longevity. They are known to live long time because they can tolerate extreme weather or are or, or, or resistant to disease and parasite. Can you shout amen? They're resistant to disease and parasite. Used to build because of their strength. David used the cedars of Lebanon to build his palace. Most trees either grow tall or wide. They do not bear fruit until about 20 to 5 to 30 years. Scientists know not to look for fruit because they know it's coming because they're cedars of Lebanon. Amen. They are medicine. They got medicine purposes. But this is what I love right here. And this is what blessed me. Amen. Sister Corey showed me this. And she said, man, Pastor, this is crazy. She said, the sawdust from from the bark of the cedars of Lebanon are snake repellent. If you put those cedar chips or those cedars of Lebanon chips around, they, they, they are resistant, snake repellent. Watch this. The resource said if you are found in an area of cedars of Lebanon, the ground beneath them is a safe place to take a nap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Lift your hands all over this house and say, I want to be a safe place where people can take a nap, where people can rest, where people can rest.
Praise God, where people can rest, where people can rest, where people can rest. So lift your hands all over this house as you stand and say, Lord, I want that in my life. I want to be like Brother Wynn. I want to be like Sister Bates. I want to be like Sister Mangan. I had others. I wish I had some in the Holiness Church. A lot of them don't, didn't have videos or record and stuff like that, so you don't have a lot of those videos. But I wish I had some videos of them old saints dancing around the altar. I want my children, amen, praise God, to rest underneath my shade. That what? That he may be glorified. Come on, all over this building, let's come stand all over this house. I want you to be glorified in my life. Come on, don't come bury yourself. Be back today at 4 o'clock. You want to be at the women's meeting today at 4. Don't miss that, ladies. Amen. You men, praise God, come ready to pray and worship. And let's have church.